theft and money will divide us all. And that theft and money will take us likely to war and maybe the end of human species. Or it will concentrate all control and very few super overlords. And the rest of us, it'll be look, it'll look like modern day slavery. It'll look like China's social credit system on steroids. Hello there. How are you all? Are you having a good week so far? I have just got back to Bedford. I flew in late last night and it's good to be back home. Had a really amazing trip away. Got to hang out with Bitcoiners in San Diego, in LA, in Vegas, and in Texas. A lot of traveling in a very short amount of time. But it was cool. Just want to say thank you to everyone who came on the podcast. Everyone I got to hang out with, all the Bitcoiners I saw, and especially everyone I saw at the Pacific Bitcoin Conference. I think we can agree to the team at Swan and Corey did an amazing job. I'm looking forward to going to that again next year. Anyway, welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by Gemini, the only place I'm using for buying Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack, and today I've got an interview with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jeff Booth. Now, I always love sitting down and talking to Jeff, and if you haven't read his book, The Price of Tomorrow, come on, what are you doing? Go and check that book out. It will be linked in the show notes. Definitely go and give it a read. He gives such well-reasoned and clear arguments for the role that Bitcoin will play in the future, and he's just about the most bullish person I've ever had in any room to discuss Bitcoin. Now, back in August, Jeff wrote an article called Finding Signal in a Noisy World, and I wanted to cover this with him ever since. So we finally managed to catch up when we were out in LA and make this happen. And you know it's going to be a banger whenever Jeff comes on the show. So if you've got any questions about this or anything else, please feel free to get in touch. My email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. Jeff, hi, how are you? Great. Yourself, buddy? Yeah, good. Always good to see you. Always good to see you at a time when I've got things I'm questioning and wondering about. <laughs> As Daddy said, what would Jeff do? <laughs> Back to your um, therapy session. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing that. Basically, yeah. the, the whole show now is, is a, just a, a giant therapy session for me. Every mm-hmm. every episode is therapy. Uh, no, it's good to see you, man. And uh, Ego Death Capital. Yeah. Is that the actual correct name? That's the correct name. Um, it's going very well. I, I can't believe I get to do it. I, I, I can't believe the gratitude I have for getting to be able to invest in in what's coming on on top of Bitcoin. It's in the best entrepreneurs in the world building on top of it. It's incredible. I feel exactly the same about running a football club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the best job in the world. Yeah. Okay, listen, um, you uh, worked on an article discussing looking for uh, signal outside of noise. Tell me about a bit about the article because there's so much going on at the moment. I've got so many different areas I want to go into with you, but I just want to hear your background to why you worked on this article. I worked on that article because because at, a, at the highest abstraction level, so many people didn't understand what Bitcoin was um, and what what the existing money system was, and um, and very few people typically would want to go down to the sand on a monetary system. They they achieve value built on top of that level. And so that you achieve your value through the products and services that are on top of a monetary system. And you very rarely question the plumbing underneath it. And n- nobody goes about their life thinking about the plumbing. And so the plumbing could be rotten and you might not know it. Um, and, and certainly if they're doing that in the existing system, then Bitcoin with different plumbing, they don't want to look at the plumbing and Bitcoin either. It's just too hard. People want to go about their days, their day in life. And when they get, when they get frustrated or, or, or uh, about their particular need, um, they, they don't typically go deeper on what uh, they, they think it's a surface problem uh, on top of that. So I wanted to explain in a way, uh, 
that that people could understand that and, and and drive a piece that they could keep on referencing that piece to be able to see what was actually happening at the plumbing level and what that would mean for everything else. So in the article, uh, that's why I wrote it, um, and uh, it, because for me, I like going all the way down to the sand. I like keep on questioning. I like I like asking why, 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 why until I find the root. Of, uh, of something. And then once I've done that, okay, I can understand the existing system. I can understand why it functions a certain way and what, what the pros and cons are of that existing system. And I want to do the exact same thing on the new technology or system that, that, that I think might replace that. Um, and I ask why, 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 why? And I think actually doing that process is actually also what drives the polarization in, in what, what some people understand Bitcoin to be versus some that aren't there yet and the transition to where we're moving in society and and from a system uh, that we're in and measuring everything from it in a society and that has profound consequences so in in that article I wrote uh, I wrote that pretty simple concept but one that people take for granted that um, all all money is is information um, and you can prove that money is information because if it wasn't information, um, a Venezuelan boulevard would be equal to a U.S. dollar, right? You would find them equal. So you you know it's information, but it, what it's describing is the thing you want. And the thing you want is not the money, the dollars. It's it, the thing you want is what you think money will buy you. And so what all it is is a ledger describing what you have and what you think you need to get the things you want. And, and, and so that, that want could be hope for my family. It could be legacy that future generations will think of me a certain way. It could be if I drive a nice car, people will love me. It could be a whole bunch of things, but it's describing that, not the, so it's just information describing that. And so if people are looking at money as, as information and, and describing the wants, and there's manipulation of, of money, um, which is just information, then you ex- could expect, you have to expect as a byproduct, there, everybody in the world is looking through that misinformation. And if, as you automate that misinformation through technology, then everyone in the world thinks that they have perfect information and everybody else doesn't have perfect information and you have all these silos, uh, silos emerging. So I wanted to explore what that would look like and then I wanted to compare and contrast it with what's happening in, in Bitcoin. And, 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 and through that lens, you could actually just understand market economics and you could understand what would happen in all cryptos. You could understand um, what would the tr- transition would look like. You, you could understand the existing system, how it, inevitably it's going to fail, no matter what. It has a whole bunch of back and forth, and, but inevitably it cannot work. And what and and what the new system would look like without carrying the baggage of the existing system in. So I think what I see in in Bitcoin largely or or crypto large the whole space is is you have a new system emerging, and people are carrying the baggage from the old system into the new system because they can't intuit what the new system will look like, and it's almost completely inverse. Of the of the existing system, because uh, those who have looked at Bitcoin, um, challenged Bitcoin, maybe 
think it shouldn't exist, think it might fail, uh, whether that's mainstream media or whether it's uh, our friends that we're trying to introduce it to, they're not really comparing apples with apples. They're comparing historically what money's done for them to a system that looks completely different. And they're comparing what it looks like right now. Whereas what you're doing, Jeff, you're looking at where, you're doing the complete opposite. You're looking at where fiat will head, where it is heading, compared to where Bitcoin will ultimately get us to. Yeah. And without people comparing apples with apples, they're actually comparing like com- polarized systems. Completely opposite systems, and they're carrying their perception of what a system looks like in the, in an old world where we never had the new system. Yeah. And they're carrying that baggage into the new system. And by the way, that would be normal. It's a, it's why it's the same normal uh, normality that you would look at in any monopoly, a misunderstanding technology that cha- that destroys their value because they misunderstand the value given to the people furthest away from the monopoly. And typically technology is a bottom-up disruption because they the, the monopoly misunderstands the technology that's that's driven. So what what would happen if that was in money? And 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 we can explore what that look that that looks like, but let's let's simplify it even further. The existing money supply, and I think most people say so inflation is required, right? They it's a belief. It's not a there is not a, a physics law that says inflation is required for a productive economy. In fact, it's exactly the op- it's exactly the opposite. So it's a belief structure that we believe inflation is required. And all inflation is, if you ask a deeper question is that, of that, is it's actually theft, right? It transfers money from some people and it, transfer, it transfers it from the middle class and poor to the rich. And, and inflation is wage deflation. It's the same action. So people get paid less. It wouldn't work otherwise. Mm-hmm. So people get paid less um, and they believe that this system is making them richer while it's actually making them poorer. Um, and it's concentrating wealth in some hands and taking it away from other people as a result. So it is actually theft. So by saying that you believe in inflation, you're actually saying, I have a belief that theft is required in money to live in a productive society. Now, if you believe that theft is required, then you should be able to explain why. So ask a deeper question, why? And somebody, some the, the next why to that. And, and somebody might say, well, it's required because otherwise the economy will collapse, and that is actually true. Um, because and 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 why to that is because the economy is built on a credit on a credit based system mm-hmm. that has to keep it has to increase its rate of theft forever to be able to survive. Why though? Why why can't a credit based system be a system where the credit is paid back? Because 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 and this is what I explored in my book because technology is deflationary. And what that means is prices fall to to uh, to to a, to a level of, uh, of of the production. So let's let's say uh, let's say your calculator app. Your calculator app is free because it's a line of code. There's uh, and in a free market. There's if you look on an app store, there'd be fifty calculator apps competing for your attention. Um, there's no there's not thousands of entrepreneurs that want to create the next calculator app. You create abundance. And that drops to free, so prices fall, fall to the marginal utility, um, and that becomes free. It becomes abundant, and so that productivity gains. So productivity gains in a free market um, reach the free market through price declines as we save time. And if you 
if you capture those by making prices go up, you must concentrate that wealth that should be flowing to society and saving their time in very few hands. It is theft. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that theft has to continue. And that theft has to continue. Uh, so what, what would happen if the emergent complex behavior of society, which, we, which is all of us, is built on theft? Wouldn't the natural mirror reflection of the world mean that the, the, the people who had the most money would be the best at stealing? And might not even know it. Let's say, let's use an example. It wouldn't, wouldn't charities or wouldn't nonprofits that sat on top of that, where would they get the money to run their charity, to be able to think they're helping? Wouldn't they go to the same people that were most beneficiary, most benefiting from the system that was based on theft to help the people? And those are hard, hard things to, to realize because we make that system stronger by thinking we're doing good in that system that is based on theft. And so when you see, even in, when you see political campaigns and when you say, who gets elected when they're base essentially telling you a lie that they can solve it through more theft, who gets elected and you can see your entire world through, through that system. And you can see the emergent behavior of uh, society would get worse and worse and worse. And it would be a mere reflection back to us. That's what's happening to the world right now in the existing system. Do you think the te- this is reflected by the tension in the world? So this is a, this is a natural, we are all connected. Mm-hmm. We are all connected. That information uh, connects us all. That information and money, it's just the trust and money that connects us all over the, uh, over the world. So if you have theft in it, then we have to be disconnected. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you looked at the biggest cities in the world with trust, essentially link together more minds and they create more ideas and more people move to the city because there's more going on and those ideas actually change our world that's a, so and then if you if you look at the power laws of uh, into smaller cities and then towns less ideas in smaller cities less ideas in smaller towns and so you have these cities emerging that are silicon valley is a good example massive talent moving in massive change the world type of technologies coming out of that area because all of those all of those minds link together and they form a supercomputer linked together through trust and those ideas spread and we build upon those ideas and we see that one plus that one plus that one this person over here we create something incredible now look look at what happens in giant cities without trust supercomputer breaks down Mm-hmm. Right. The linking of that supercomputer is through money, that information exchange. And if you break that, if you break that, supercomputer breaks. So what's happening today is, is that used to happen on one level, it used to happen on, on cities. And those cities need to be needed to have centralized power um, on a grid system to be able to, to, to run the cities. Those c- cities need to, to centralize farming to be able to bring more goods to the, uh, to the cities and, the, and, and energy and, 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 and phone lines and technology. And, that, um, and so it fed back on itself. And, and what you see today and what you see today is now energy through Bitcoin mining can move to the stranded energy anywhere in the world. You can do a Starlink satellite 
and you can be connected into the globe anywhere in the world and 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 decentralize yourself from that and still have the same access to the world that's profound changes for that centralization of structure so that centralization of structure including government to be able to make sure that whole thing worked and centralized did provide those cities with enormous kind of growth in their economies but now you're moving now you're moving into this world where what should be happening is the prices should be declining so fast because of the productivity gains and they should be flowing to society but they're not they're captured and it, and that capturing removes the trust and it centralizes everything and it keeps on centralizing um, into the existing system and it gets worse and worse and worse and that means the existing system because it's built on theft has to drive more and more coercion and control into the existing system and there's no fix so there's zero there's no way out there's door one let the whole thing burn down to the ground and that because because we assume money is our money but it's actually a credit note and and so if you allow deflation to actually happen from that system everything just fails including all the banks everything fails and if you let and if you drive inflation if you drive more theft into money it breaks in a different way we just we divide apart because our labor and our our labor and our purchasing is unified think about your iphone and where all those parts come from it's connected to labor all around the world okay so how does an alternate system work if if you cannot have theft so and i'm not saying that as somebody said well i think we should have theft yeah, no, but like what is this alternate design system i know it's based on bitcoin yeah but um and that's where now if you connect that article and maybe danny can pull up that uh that yep that piece as we do as as danny pulls up that piece but if you look at um from a from a design perspective if money has to have theft how did how did this whole system work over time over over time bitcoin is the first thing that's been become that's decentralized and secure by design it's the first time in human history that decentralization and security uh, happened by design and so if you let's go look at, back at human history and it means all of our models going back through human history are based on a flawed design that would re- repeat throughout time and we would be looking through the lens of history thinking no that's the right answer that's the right answer but it couldn't be perfect because our money was never perfect it was never decentralized and secure so what ended up happening throughout history um is is you would have you would have money that would be stable for a time and then it would be abused and that abuse would take people through the same type of debt cycle people would drive inflation in the currency and you would destroy it and you'd go to war because of centralization because of centralization incentives. incentives yeah and throughout history you saw the same thing hap- happening whether it was on gold whether it was on because because gold had to be centralized and then and then you'd build a credit system bait on top of gold and that credit system would have incentives in it that that the the bank that levered gold more would make more money so other banks would follow and lever gold more um and and people would race into that for the leverage because they would make more money on the leverage and the leverage would unwind and cause uh, and cause a centralizing function because the government had to make the banks whole to save the economy and so you just moved the debt up the stack 
till the debt couldn't be repaid up at the top of the stack. And then you went to global war because of that couldn't be repaid. And we're somewhere in that cycle uh, right now in the existing uh, mar market. And we go to war because our governments convince us it's not our fault. It's those people's fault over there. And it's really easy to believe there's, there's a person or a, a group of people that are responsible rather than a system effect. So if you look through that lens of history, the, the strongest markets because of that trust, that supercomputer, the strongest markets were always free markets. And, and we know through communism um, that centralizing function can't see all of the ideas of a free market. So it must make choices that, do, that lower living standards for that, for that control. That's what centralization does. That's what centralization does in any, if anybody listening to this has ever worked in a giant company, Nothing really gets done. This um, economy is a scale. <laughs> exactly. It just it centralizes and then and then it, it then it turns against itself uh, because you can't see all the ideas through the centralization. It's the same thing in an, in an economy. So free markets worked better. The whole U.S. system was built on a free market that actually worked uh, far better for uh, for a long time, and it was encoded in Bill of Rights Constitution. Um. But money is suit and, and same Magna Carta was it? So correct me if I'm wrong here. You might not know this, but the kind of laissez-faire uh, economy of post-Soviet Russia did fail, and that was more a free market economy. Why did that fail? So, so in in this, there are a bunch of, to be able to build that over time takes like you can't just. Flick a switch, especially yep. with the global coordination yep. of this. Essentially, you're, glo you're globally coordinating labor, yes, right, all over the world for a globally connected world to work. This supercomputer to mm -hmm. work, and and that supercomputer could be hacked if you controlled the money. You could hurt other countries, so their labor isn't globally connected. You could impose your pain on other countries, and so a bunch of these are the game behind the game around money. I'd have to go back and, and, and check this, check if I'm right, but I did try and have a look at what happened in post-Soviet Russia, and essentially there was a, they encouraged a like laissez-faire kind of free market economy, but uh, that actually led to concentrations of wealth because, um, because people were so poor at the time, they were essentially these almost like oligarchs who had lots of money, and they were... Uh, they picked. Yeah. The, they picked the people who said, "Here, you can now. You can privatize no, pri pri this industry." Prior to yeah. the oligarchs and, yeah. and privatizing the industry, it was it was essentially the people who just had capital. Where able, you know people were so poor and hungry, they had to sell everything they had just to be able to feed themselves, and that's all concentrations of uh, um, money. Okay. There was no redistribution <clears throat> method. So, so let's let's get here because because yeah. again, looking through the lens of history without this innovation, yeah, would lead to a whole bunch of thinking we knew the right answer in everything else and it wouldn't be the right answer mm. because we never had something that was decentralized and secure yes. so let's just keep going going on this um so what did societies do to protect their own rights from from the state getting too big and centralizing um what did they do magna carta mm -hmm. Constitution, Bill of Rights, a whole bunch of essentially laws enshrined in doctrines that said, we the people control the state, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. And those, where, where that happened, though, because 
because now you had more ideas competing, those were the strongest economies and they grew the fastest because you had more ideas. But what ends up happening over time is, is because money is more powerful than laws. And as you make more money or as you drive more money, then, then the laws are changed for more money. And if you have inflation built into your system, then the wealthy get wealthier and wealthier and wealthier instead of prices falling. You actually create this massive monopoly power that changes laws to favor themselves. Mm -hmm. It's not a capitalist system. We don't. We yeah. actually don't. We, we don't know what a capitalist system is based on based on based on that. The the word is misused because because if money has to be if money has a theft in it, that will happen. And because money is more more, more powerful. The laws get changed for the money. This show is brought to you by BCB Group. Now, BCB Group provide online business banking services for companies in the Bitcoin industry. And yes, I am now a customer of BCB too. Now, they heard about the difficulty I had with finding a payment services provider that understands Bitcoin, and they reached out to me. Now, BCB's clients include major exchanges, market makers, funds, and miners active in the UK and Europe, and they are expanding globally. They also have this amazing network called Blink, which facilitates instant free payments between BCB clients for all supported currencies. Now listen, I know some of you have had trouble with this too. So if you're looking for a banking provider who understands and supports Bitcoin companies rather than creating hurdles, then like me, you might want to become a BCB customer too. Now if you want to find out more, please head over to bcbgroup.com forward slash Peter, which is bcbgroup.com forward slash Peter. Also, today we have my new sponsor, Wasabi, who I will now be using to make sure I keep my Bitcoin private. With the release of Wasabi 2.0, privacy is now effortless as a wallet has introduced privacy by default. Now, rather than having to choose to coin join, this can be done automatically, so you just have to receive your Bitcoin, wait for the coin join, and then you can spend freely. All the magic happens automatically in the background, which is a massive UX improvement which you know, that's always something I care about. Now, you do get additional privacy through Tor integration into Wasabi, so you don't leak your IP address. There is also no more minimum denomination, so you can coin join any amount, and there is no change, so any amount you receive from a coin join is private. Now, privacy is something I am definitely taking more seriously, and with the recently released Wasabi 2.0, this becomes so much easier. Now, if you do want to find out more, please head over to wasabiwallet.io, which is W-A-S-A-B-I-W-A-L-L-E-T dot I-O. Also today we have Gemini, who I am using exclusively for buying and selling Bitcoin. But whilst we're at the bottom of a bear market, I'm only buying. We're hodlers, right? We hodl through this. Now I have been using the Gemini app for buying the dips all through this. And I've also set up my DCA with twice monthly buys of Bitcoin. Both the app and the website make buying and selling Bitcoin super easy. And Gemini have invested in building leading industry security since day one. Gemini are also running a special offer for listeners of what Bitcoin did. All you need to do is head over to Gemini.com forward slash WBD and new customers will get $20 in Bitcoin when they trade over $100 or more on Gemini. Now, if you want to find out more, please head over to Gemini.com forward slash WBD. That is G-E-M-I-N-I.com forward slash WBD. So if we've never had a capitalist system, are we essentially theorizing what a capitalist system yeah. will do? And that is another test. All of these, all of these naming conventions yeah. for the what what, what democracy is a, is a naming convention. So 
ask yourself, these, these are hard things to mm. actually face because they force us down to a layer that we have to break apart what we believed all the time was true. But let's, let's use. But this a, is a good thing to do, Jeff. Like I, I always want to do this. I, I want to question this. I want, because I'd, I don't want to just sit there and say, oh, well, Bitcoin fixes everything. So therefore, once we get a hyper-Bitcoinization, everything's going to be great. And that, it's like, that's oh, why this is important. That's, all, that's, that's why these are really important questions. Yeah. By the way, I believe it does. But how it does and, and why, why I understand that belief would be hard to get to for, mm. for people is because they're bringing the baggage from their, from their existing system into the new system. But if we can do that, we should drive higher, faster adoption of Bitcoin, which means we should get to the point where these problems are fixed sooner. Yeah. So there's an incentive structure to be able to communicate why this is a better system to people. It's a, it's what you do on your show and, and mm. many others do by bringing in different minds and, and looking at it. But what I would say is what's happening is people are going, they're, they're taking their view of this new system, which is a fractal pattern from their view of the existing system and what they want the new system to be rather than intuiting what this new system will be with different incentives and different behavior. So, and that creates a lot of noise around the new system. It creates a lot of, especially if you just, that's why I used misinformation. If you had misinformation expanding at an exponential rate in money and everybody was looking through that misinformation, you'd expect that essentially vortex of people yelling at each other. You'd expect it to get way worse. So you're saying that you believe it fixes it. Yeah. Whereas I'm in a position where I'm thinking, I can see a bunch of stuff I think it fixes, but I'm a bit unsure on how we get there, how we communicate it, what the path is, what happens during that journey. Yeah. And we're going to be sacrificing a lot to go on this journey. It's still a theory. There's no, there's no proven model where a decentralized currency makes the world a net better place. We, we just don't know. So you're there. How did you get there? Like, so, and, and what you just asked in a theory or in, in, a, in, and I think it's fair to say it presupposes that the existing system will work, right? It presupposes that, so I would first say, what alternative is there? Um, and find me a better alternative. So on auto carry on as we are, which is clearly very broken. Yeah, we, we require a theft in money. Yeah, that theft in money will divide us all, and that theft in money will take us uh, take us likely to war and maybe the end of human species as a result of that that theft in money. That's actually where we are. Mm -hmm. Or or it will concentrate all control and very few super overlords. And the rest of us, it'll be look. It'll look like modern day slavery. It'll look like China's social credit system mm -hmm. on steroids, and it'll just keep going there because you've allowed theft in money to exponentially uh, increase prices. You're trying to make prices go up forever because of theft in money, when the natural rate of technology should be benefiting all of us. Prices hmm. should fall, and our time should be saved. So. So, An alternative requires a new money. So, so, and and there is no fix from the existing system. Yes. Right. So, what type of system would be hard enough? Would be would be so violent against that system 
that would get harder and harder and harder that could be outside of that system and control and, and take away from all of the control functions and all of the vested interests of that system and and not allow any human to to uh, to to change it you're talking about dentacoin aren't you <laughs> so 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 that's that's actually why yeah, okay. that, yeah, yeah. So, so that's why that's why I I wanted to put the blockchain trilemma up. Okay. And I, I wanted to walk through through that. So when you understand that decentralized and sec, uh, security in a market that people are, if you look back at the information, people are just trying to get out of that system. They know yes. the system's bad. They're trying to make enough money for their own families to be able to get out of that system, to retire, to save enough money to, and that system is making them worse and worse. And it's creating more misinformation, and they're looking through that misinformation. And now you've had you have this Bitcoin, which is the first time in history that you didn't have to trust an institution, right? Removes because the theft. It removes the theft, the decentralization, and secure. So, if it was true that it was decentralized and secure forever, then it's the first time in history that you didn't have to trust an institution, which could get co-opted by money. Hmm. To be able to for for trust, you could trust code. First time in history, big big deal. If that was true, that's so. When I went down to the sand, I wanted to test: is that true? And and I explained deeper on why that's true. And 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 out of that, you would have from the system, you would have, you could predict what market forces would do. That system, because it's open source code and it was decentralized and secure. Would create a whole bunch of competition, right? Because it it monetized from zero to up to sixty thousand and 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 back down to sixteen today. But but it monetized from zero to creating a lot of wealth for a lot of people that were early on the system. And those and and those and those and so what they would naturally do in a system that was people were trying to escape escape a system that was causing pain and something was growing so fast and creating untold wealth for people, it would create a, a, a whole bunch of copycats to try to create the same thing. It would create a whole bunch of noise to be able to do that. And so let's just go through what that noise would look like. First, if if I could just cut over this same open source coin and create new coin, Dogecoin, on, on, on the same, just fork it, and create a new one, then if I could do that, then then I could t say to a lot of people, well, these people made a bunch of money on this. I can make more money. Now let's ask, now let's ask the next question. A copy of the original uh, original design would have the exact same utility of the original design with less decentralization and security. It must. Hmm. So it's a shorter chain. It must have less compute power protecting it. It must be less less decentralized as a as a shorter chain. It has no more utility, and its ability to catch up. So, so it can't. Yeah. So it, the network effect of the main chain gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And yes, you could you create short term a bunch of profits. And if you were the holder of this new coin, by convincing a whole bunch of other pe people who didn't know the innovation here. Um, to to go into your thing before it went to zero, but it goes to zero. Hmm. So so that's one alternative. 
and 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 then because of because of the because you can only choose two of three sides of a blockchain. Ironically, Vitalik came up with the blockchain trilemma to convince people about Ethereum when he himself missed what it actually meant. Crazy irony. So the blockchain trilemma says you can only solve two sides of a blockchain. So there, so decentralized Bitcoin solved decentralization and security forever. First time, first time in history. And and so to be able to compete on it, we just should. You couldn't compete for a long time by just building a new Bitcoin. Oh, you're basically saying pick two. Pick two. Hmm. Pick two. So Ethereum picked so let, uh, let's scalability. Go, yeah, so let's go through the two. So so Bitcoin, five to seven seconds transaction on the on on base level. So everybody that talked about Bitcoin, old tech, in uh, it was they they couldn't they couldn't be more dis, uh, secure and decentralized. So they had to sacrifice something else. So let's say Solana, you sacrifice security, right? A blockchain that is insecure inherently has to fail. Yes. Okay, so that should be pretty easy to most people. Mm. I, I'm surprised it's not because there's a whole bunch of blockchains that are completely insecure that people gamble on, mm. but they all go to zero. But you could see if people thought this was if people thought this wasn't an innovation as sound as this is and they thought it was just a money-making scheme, then a whole bunch of, of bad actors from this system would race in to make a bunch more money. And and so so it has to be by design has to be insecure or i choose scalability and i sacrifice decentralization and that's ethereum and that's and that's a number of others and so you have you just by very nature i can't believe people can't see this so they talk about defi on a centralized blockchain well, I've been having a discussion with people this morning because, um, I mean, when you arrived, I put out a tweet two, uh, two years and two months ago where I said, I trust BlockFi more than uh, smart contracts. Uh, that's an unfortunate tweet because I, it managed to piss off everyone because if you're a Bitcoiner, you're pissed off because you, you don't want to use a centralized service, not your keys, not your Bitcoin, and it pissed off uh, crypto people because they believe in DeFi. Yeah. So, but but let's use the, that crypto yeah. uh, group for a second. They're actually saying, like, Ethereum is proven completely centralized now, mm-hmm. um, and so these others. So you have a high cost function. It's a blockchain. Why would you use a centralized blockchain? Why would what economic rationale would you ever use a blockchain for? Because you think it's going to make you more money. It's the only economic it's the only reason. There's nobody's thinking at a level of like the levels you were talking about here. Nobody is thinking about the best money for the world to rebuild the foundations of money, to remove theft from the system, to improve coordination, to remove the warping. Like all these things you've talked about for years, nobody is thinking on that level with Ethereum. Yeah, but e- but even even thinking so, of TPS. Yeah, but, but e- e- yeah, even see, even so, I'm just saying the economic rationale to use that over the long term. People say Web three, they don't know what Web three means. They don't know. Uh, they 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 say DeFi on top top of this. They say NFTs on top of this. And here's this here's the problem. 
A database is a way more efficient structure. Yes. For centralization. Amazon isn't going to move all their stuff on top of an expensive structure um, called Ethereum to build a Web3. And neither is Google, neither yeah. is it. It's, it's ludicrous because somebody has to pay the more expense. And they have to charge the more expense of the more expensive blockchain. So what you what you understand is decentralization or Web three on top of something that's more expensive and centralized. It's theft. It it but it, it's, it's it, it all, all go to zero. It's all built on it, theft. It, it all, all go to zero. I know it's there, built on extraction. Exactly, it's built on extraction, and it's built on extraction because it's the same model as as we have in the fiat system. It's mm. exactly the same model that the rich get richer and richer inside that system, and they have to centralize more and more. And as they centralize more and more, they have to cut off certain things from other people. You have to protect the core to to, to and you sacrifice the periphery. So that centralization always produces inferior results over the long term. But in the short term, people think, oh, wow, this is growing. And they don't actually understand a network effect. The definition of a network effect is, is every additional user makes it better for all users. And, and Ethereum fails that because every additional user makes it, makes it weaker yeah. for all users. Because it becomes more centralized. Makes, makes it more centralized. And over time, and that's what ends up happening actually with the US dollar, or with uh, which experiences really strong network effects for a while, or it happens with any with Google, which experiences really strong network effects, or Facebook, as they centralize, they have to, cho- they have to choose who, who gets to have voice, who doesn't have voice. And by and by removing voices as they centralize more and more, their network effect breaks down. Hmm. And you have something built on 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 Bitcoin that because it's decentralized and secure, the network effect can go on infinity. Every new user makes the network stronger for all new users. With the blockchain trilemma, yeah. how do you layer in additional layers into this? Because if you were to say for Ethereum, um, I say it's certainly gone for scalability, and I can't actually pick what is it sacrifice for that decentralization and security. I would almost argue both. So, so more decentralized, it's, it it would be fairly secure. Now it, it gets co opted by the state because of uh, because because of that centralization and yeah. and, and um, because it, it 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 is not has a decrease in security. I don't know but, if it's even achieved scalability. I mean, so so what you, what we, what you would do is, is is you said smart contracts, but that's what sorry that's what they set out to do. Mm, yeah, yeah. And uh, sorry, but you said smart contracts, and it's a really good example. By building smart contracts into the base layer, you you have to expand the amount of, the of space, yeah. and the amount of space that you have to expand means as the network expands, the only nodes that can verify the network are. Have to run so high supercompute that you couldn't actually have small nodes run the network. So you have to centralize with the the most mm. important nodes, and that's why those those design choices around allowing more in the first layer force centralization. But say with Bitcoin, it's suddenly decentralized. Directionally, it's uh, the most decentralized yeah. uh, blockchain. And it's more centralized, more decentralized today than it was last year. Yes. And, and every year, more decentralized, more secure. Yes, it becomes more secure. Um, so, But there's the argument it becomes less scalable on the base chain. It is. That is true. But so how do you layer 
is this only a blockchain? And because um, uh, the second layer of the Lightning Network isn't really a blockchain, it's it's a it's a, something built on on top of the blockchain. It's it's not part of the blockchain so this trilemma. Is, this is so important. This is so important. So for any blockchain to be successful, it has to really focus on decentralization and security. It has to solve scalability at a high level. When, but, but could, sorry, where I'm going with this is, could it have gone for something else and solved decentralization at a high level? Could it have gone for scalability and decentralization and solved security at a high level? Or does it have to solve decentralization and security at the base chain? At the base chain, if you want to change money and you want to, if you, it has to solve decentralization security, otherwise okay. everything relies on institutions that you trust okay. that get co-opted by money. It has to. That's why it's such a different, that's why it's so unique in time in history. Because every single other, when we read history books, when we read about um, when money dies, when we read all of these, they're flawed and because we never had a system that was decentralized and secure at the base. We always relied on a system that we trusted who was in power and they abused the trust. Hmm. First time in history. and. And, and so if that is true, and you it, people should do their own work with it, it's true, but it, um, it can't be broken. Uh, it cannot be broken. Hmm. Um, and I've, I explore deeper why it can't be broken uh, in, in that article. Now, now it looks like instead of what people are comparing it as, they're comparing it as an asset or something like that, or a monetary, uh, monetary premium, and they're comparing it to gold um, and other things. And it, I, I think it suffices that test. It's a better form of gold. Um, but, but now what's happened on top of that through layered, like the, like the internet is built in layers, you don't know what TCP IP is. Mm-hmm. Like you know, nobody thinks about when they're sending their email that the base layer of TCP IP was invented in the late 60s by DARPA. And if the base layer failed, everything fails. We still use that, that, that system today. And the base layer has to be hardened. It has to be attacked. It has to be all of these things. So the base layer of Bitcoin is hardening over time. And all of these attacks have crystallized. It's uncompromising. The uncompromising ability on Bitcoin is the strength. It's the it, it, so, so when people talk about Bitcoin Maxi, it's being uncompromised on five to seven transactions, we will not let block size expand <laughs> because it ruins the decentralization security. And, and to try to change that, it's, it's impossible because there's a swarm of all these nodes that would never accept a change that it would, would, allow, uh, would allow that to happen. And for a long time, it, that be, creates an attack vector for all of these other cryptos to say, it's old tech. Because but why they, do you think they don't get it? Or they think they're choosing not to get it? Do you think... Uh, because you can make a lot of money by deceiving people that your your thing is new tech. Okay, so the creators of the tech, but maybe the investors or the buyers of the tech. Like, I mean, I've, I've seen it today. I see it every day. You, you're just a maxi. You're closed-minded. You're, like, do you think some people just don't care enough about... They don't spend enough time studying money? Oh, but, but again, who wants to every day? Like it's so, true. so who wants to think about that every single day? You're like, I'm maybe a little bit crazy. <laughs> like, but, the, but really, no, you're right. But, but who wants to actually think? There are very few people that want to go down to the sand on both different systems, and then and remember, our measurement of a system comes from the system. 
So when you say, when when you say it's a theory of the new system, hmm. well, all growth comes from intuiting what behavior will look like on something new, and there's yep. no way to measure that. You're predicting it, and you're predicting under different circumstances and different different incentives what will change. That's what all new businesses do when competing against existing businesses. And I see this all the time in the businesses that I've built that created a whole bunch of wealth against an existing system. When you first go to people and you tell them your idea, they tell you, well, give me the measurement of why your thing will work because I'm measuring Kodak sales, hmm. right? And, and you, have to, you have to predict what people's behavioral change will be on a new system. With, so with Bitcoin, do you think the we still don't have mass adoption? We have mass awareness, we have adoption, mm-hmm. and we have growing adoption. Do you think the massive growth in adoption will come from educated people of what Bitcoin is and they understand it and they are forced to use it, or uh, sorry, they make a choice to use it, or do you think ultimately we come from the system suddenly growing so fast and everything else failing, they'll be forced into accepting it? Both. Both. Okay. And both. We would, um, if if you can if you can think about this, many people listen to this show and they'll go right back into their fiat world for the fiat job and try to make enough money and try to keep that going and yell at the system. Well, they know, and they'll spend most of their time reinforcing the system that they hate. <sighs> so funny you should say that because, like, I am questioning that today. Most of their time. Most of our time. Remember the existing system we live in, which is just a make-believe world. We've we allow people to destroy our value, steal our time, yeah, and we say that's okay, and we make it stronger by voting left or right, saying this person's going to fix it from the same system or this person's going to fix it from the same system. We make it stronger every day by yelling at it, huh. and, and if if it was working. And technology produces abundance everywhere. If it was working, then the world would look really different than it does today. You wouldn't have more and more dictators emerging. You wouldn't have more and more people starving. You wouldn't have the world breaking apart if it was working by any definition. So before, and, and, and it's gone way up since uh, since I said this, but but when you look at the greater system and it's created $185 trillion of GDP or of, of debt, in 20 years to counter affect what was happening in, in technology, essentially to try to grow your way out of, uh, of productivity gains and not grow your way out, steal from people. Because every, every dollar you created $1 of GDP gain for every $4 of uh, money that you, you made up. And it has to get worse and worse and worse. There isn't, if the system was producing the right uh, benefit for society, you would see it, right? It's obviously not, and it's, it's getting worse and worse. So, so this new system, why people don't see it, it the, the system they live in is four orders of magnitude bigger, not four times bigger. Hmm. Right? And everything they do is in the existing system. They spend more and more of their time. And even on, on Bedford, you take Bitcoin. Well, I just paid you in Bitcoin for a... Uh, uh, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but what what that says is you're spending more of your time, and even yourself, you're probably spending 25% of your time into the new system, maybe more, maybe more for you. And I'm trying to spend way more of my time and energy 
building the rails of the new system, building, uh, funding the entrepreneurs that are building on top of the new system. Well, it's part hedge of the new system as well. Like we have to operate the football club on, yeah, with pounds. Because yeah. we have to pay our bills in pounds, pay our team in pounds. But I know that everything is changing and I want to own Bitcoin. So any Bitcoin we take, we hold that, knowing that we've we kind of, we got a foot in the new system. Yeah. You know, yeah, but we, can't, we can't jump both feet in because it will risk the uh, risk the actual survivability of the club, but we can put a foot in. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I've used this example on a couple of podcasts, so sorry for people who've listened to this before. But if you, if you said, if you were um, on a way smaller scale, if you were an executive at Sears um, from 1995 to 2010, and you're that executive and you're saying, you would be trying to protect your turf because stores were the most important and people didn't want to buy online and they wanted to drive to your store. And because of that, you'd have limited shelf space and you'd have to choose the items that people saw. And you'd think you were right on choosing the items because you never saw what people didn't see because they could only choose on the store. So it'd feed back on itself and you'd never see, mm. and you'd never see what was unseen. You'd never see, so, and you'd keep on feeding back on that model. And your world would be getting same world, two different views. And then you were an executive, a different executive at Amazon. So they say, using technology to solve a problem differently where you didn't require the store and you could have an unlimited shelf space. And then people could choose actually what they wanted rather than what was just in the, in, in the store. And you'd have two different models competing against each other in the same world. One system, if you were in one system, you saw hope, growth, better future as your business was expanding. And in the other system, you saw getting worse and worse and worse and getting failing and filing for bankruptcy. And that's what's happening today at a way bigger level. What, what's happening in Bitcoin is it's early, but this people that are in Bitcoin are seeing, and even through the noise of all this crypto crash and everything else, because they're, they're, they're immune from that. They're completely immune from that. They're in a new system that's building on truth and building hope and abundance for the for the future. And they're seeing that and they're spending more time in the system and the more and more people that are around them are in that system versus if your frame of reference is the existing world, it's getting worse and worse and worse and it will get worse. So it sounds more like you believe we're collapsing into this new system. Bitcoin is what's, what's going to happen no matter what is Bitcoin is gonna reprice everything mm -hmm. into Bitcoin. What, people are measuring Bitcoin in, and if they are measuring in their own dollars, they're actually using the error code of the manipulated currency to measure the new one. That makes sense? Kind of. So well, here's, a, here's a way to say it. So, so, so te technology should produce falling prices. Yes. Right? We know that. Yes. Right? And it isn't, because it be, it be, or it isn't broadly. Yeah. Remember, technology is an energy too. We know, we know it does for TVs. Exactly. That's the one that always comes back yeah. to is TVs. But I should, Jeff, I just bought the most ridiculous TV in the UK. It was like, for that, we did that interview set, didn't we? Yeah. What was it, like 60 inches, yeah, it was like seven inches. high definition. It's 20 times better than the TV I bought four years ago. It was like 700 pounds yeah. or something ridiculous. For And the TV I bought two years ago was like 2,000 pounds. Yeah. We always come back to the TVs. Yeah, but 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 again, that people think that it's only in TVs or electronics. It's in energy. Yeah, it's in everything. But we're it, not seeing it. Why aren't we seeing it? 
Because when you have abundance and money, creates scarcity everywhere. When you have scarcity and money, it creates abundance everywhere. And, and what ends up happening is because you can't print more energy, energy prices just go up in a res, uh, uh, response where they should be coming down because we find more energy. We, we, we have better ways to explore, explore for energy. Hmm. We have better fracking in energy. We have more solar in energy. We find more, more energy and we have more technology and energy as, as well. So why aren't energy prices coming down? Why have, why is a coffee bean is it's 80 times more efficient today than it was in 1980 for coffee growing distribution, coffee, coffee beans, 80 times more efficient. Why has price of coffee gone up from 25 cents to what it is now, $4? Um, I mean, I can think of a number of reasons. Part of the conversation we just had with Alex Gladstein discussing the IMF and the World Bank. I mean, but, but that's, but that, but that's it's, it. It's because, because, that's it's because of a system that is designed on theft that has to keep on increasing prices. Yes. When the natural, when the natural order thing, nature, us, creating, solving problems, um, and Technology is really the wrapper that we're using. We're saying it's technology is moving fast, but really what we're doing is standing on the shoulders of other people who went before us and solving more problems. And as we solve the problems, we use the things that better impact our lives. It has to bring down prices. And, and what's happening is the existing world has to increase prices to keep them uh, mm. going based on that theft. So, so in Bitcoin, it's not Bitcoin price going up. What it's actually measuring is all prices of everything falling against Bitcoin forever. And it doesn't actually matter how it gets there. The existing system is going to flail around and some credit is going to be destroyed. Then they're going to do a massive inflation. And the, and the, but if you're measuring that system and you're, you're in the noise of the existing system, it's going to feel worse and worse and worse for you. And it's going to get really confusing. And if you're in the new system, you're completely immune from it. You're just building the new future future on the new rails and we didn't we didn't really talk about why level two layer three uh, on on mm. protocol protocols they have to harden and they and so bitcoin on on the first layer hardened at the expense of scalability hardened and everybody and that gave a whole bunch of people an opportunity to create a whole bunch of money by saying their thing was scalable hmm. um and it makes perfect sense in a system that's being manipulated to a whole bunch of grifters. And it's not just grifters. It's other people who actually thought that thing would work and then built businesses like NFTs on top of that system of centralization, thinking maybe this will work too. And it confuses more and more people. But for a while, a bunch of money races there. And then the money that's racing there um, or the exchanges that are, are that are racing there um, make more money if you have more tokens. They actually get paid more money. And so the money that they make, then they go and lobby governments to say Bitcoin and crypto are the same. It's the same, same thing. And so it's coming from a fraud. It's, and, and, and more and more race into that. And because we chase money and the money comes from the nonprofits who say, oh, wow, this crypto investor is going to invest in me. That's a really good thing. And, those, and, and and they're sponsoring all of these things. They, they, for a while, it looks really strong, and it gets strong until it all unwinds because it was never decentralized and secure in the, in the, on the base layer. Well, lightning comes in on a second layer. Mm -hmm. 
And now as Lightning comes in on the second layer, and now you can transact in this pristine bearer asset on the first layer, global neutral reserve currency on the first layer that nobody can stop, trust, uh, that, that, that provides complete trust in that decentralization and security. Now you can start transacting on the second layer. Uh, transacting on the second layer, and it costs a fraction of a penny when you transact, and it's limitless. And it means you can have velocity in money without having debt expansion. You can have unlimited velocity in the technology. It doesn't have to be backed by anything. It's backed by energy and that security of the, of, of the network. And now you can add, add unlimited velocity and trade between people, which is all really money allows you to do. Trade between anybody in a fraction of a second globally and tra transfer value. And as you're doing that, it builds a really powerful network effect because the people that are doing it earlier are essentially saving 2.5% credit card fees and other fees. And the people that are spending uh, uh, spending on that are creating this system, and which brings more and more people on. What you're doing, uh, accepting Bitcoin, is bringing more and more people on. And then another business says, wow, that football club doing Bitcoin is actually blow, blowing things away. And I'm going to accept Bitcoin too, and I'm going to reduce my fees and increase my profitability. Then I might even offer an incentive for somebody else to pay in Bitcoin because I make more money. They they should be able. We can share that. Hmm. that, that and, and 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 the network gets stronger. And every single person that does that makes the network stronger for every other person. And then entrepreneurs see see that and they see, whoa, I can build something on top of this network that build uh, that builds the future. And I do understand that if you're not looking at this through this th th through this protocol layer, and you're looking at it at the historic what Bitcoin was. You might not see all of the stuff that's coming, just like I didn't see the iPhone yeah. before the iPhone was in my hands. You might be looking back on the technology revolution that's coming. You might not. You might totally miss that this is the new peer-to-peer -peer internet that's emerging, and it changes everything um, because you're looking historically at what it was, or what about the sideshow of this crypto thing was. This show is brought to you by Fidelity Investments. Now, one of the most regular emails I receive is people asking how to break into the industry, and Fidelity Investments reach out to me as they are looking to recruit hundreds of digitally native associates to their team to help shape the future of money. Now, Fidelity Investments is a diversified financial services provider with more than $7.2 trillion in client assets under administration and over 1.3 million trades each day. And they have also been pioneers in the Bitcoin mining and asset management space. Now, they started in Bitcoin back in 2014 when they entered the mining space and have continued to grow their team of services ever since. And their in-house fintech incubator is where the teams come up with innovative solutions to bridge the worlds of traditional finance and decentralization. Now, you have the chance to join them and directly impact how they deliver financial services to their customers. And they provide the resources, training, and development to make you successful in this emerging industry. Now, if you want to learn more about this, then please head over to crypto.fidelitycareers.com. That is crypto.fidelitycareers.com. Also, today we have Ledger. Now, with everything that's happened over the last few weeks, it's again highlighted the importance of self-custody, so Ledger are running a special deal for you right now. You can secure your digital assets this Black Friday and also get free Bitcoin. 
When you buy a Ledger Nano by the 28th of November on ledger.com, you can receive up to $30 of free Bitcoin. There's no need to line up outside a store at 4 a.m. when you can secure your assets and Bitcoin from the comfort of your screen. Now, if you want to find out more, please visit shop.ledger.com or follow the link posted in the show notes to secure your Ledger Nano and Bitcoin. That is shop.ledger.com, which is shop.ledger.com. Also today, we have BitCasino. Established in 2013, BitCasino was the first licensed Bitcoin casino, and they are trusted by tens of thousands of players worldwide. Not only do they have cutting-edge security, but they also have fast withdrawals and VIP experiences that money can't buy. With over 2,800 games and tournaments to compete against each other and 24-7 live chat support, BitCasino is the best Bitcoin casino that you can go to. Now, if you want to find out more about BitCasino, the first Bitcoin casino to win an EGR award, head over to bitcasino.io, which is B-I-T-C-A-S-I-N-O dot I-O. And please remember to gamble responsibly. Also, today we have Ledin. Now, from savings accounts to personal loans and even mortgages, Ledin's financial services enable Bitcoiners to experience the benefits of their holdings today without selling their Bitcoin. Ledin only supports Bitcoin and USDC, two of the highest quality and most liquid assets in the industry. They are also dedicated to transparency and are the first digital asset lending company to complete a proof of reserves attestation, which they will re-verify every six months. With multilingual support on standby 24-7, Ledin is there to support all your needs. And not only a Ledin sponsor, I am also a customer of theirs too. Now, if you want to find out more, please head over to ledin.io, which is L-E-D-N dot I-O. So how do you take people from a point of, you know, I always think about how do I communicate this to my family, to my friends? Like, they all know I've got this Bitcoin podcast. They all know it's one of the biggest there is. I'd be surprised if any of them listen to more than one episode a year or a couple of years. They don't. They ask me about Bitcoin. I tell them they don't care. It's so like, yeah, they see I, I dedicate my life to this. I travel around the world and work on it. How do, you, how do we take people from that point point saying, look, you really need to spend time looking at this, understanding this? So you, you first ask them why, why they believe that theft is required in money. And if they do believe that, first they'll, theft, they'll say theft is a strong word. Cannot, isn't it? He always asks me, it's like it's slightly, he asks it a different way, doesn't he? He's like, is co- do you believe yeah, coercion is okay? Like first principles. Yeah. First principles. Yeah. Do you believe that coercion is fine? And I'm I like, I think getting people to even acknowledge that inflation is theft is, is even, even that's a hurdle, I think. You have to explain why it's theft. Yeah. Or you have to, instead of explaining, ask them the question, ask five whys after that. Mm. Okay. Ask them a question why is inflation required? for a productive economy and just listen to their yeah. answer and their answer will be some, some because it it's uh, their answer will be something like well velocity and money is required or so okay why uh, uh, it, because that is true but why is debt required for velocity of money right why is why and and as they break down their own um belief structure into first principles at the bottom of five whys, they'll come to the same conclusion that okay, we have a money based on uh, based on theft, and if we have a money based on theft, ask them what would the emergence complex behavior of society look like mm. with money based on theft? Would it be a mirror image of what we see today? Um, and and who would win from that? 
who would lose from that? The, the, does, does the media sitting on top of that win from that or lose from that? They're the richest players in the world, what would they, why would they be so anti-Bitcoin? If, they, um, if, you're, if, if you're a beneficiary of the existing system and, and, you, and then you might be able to move them over to understanding or at least looking why an alternative is um, is important? Is, is there any part of this that we we look at this through uh, the lens of U.S. monetary policy and U.S. global reserve status, and see the absolute abuse of the system, both um, at an international level and a domestic level? But when you can actually look at other, I would I would imagine some. Well, I know some guy wrote to me recently. He said, "Look, uh, Norway has a very." good functioning society and economy it is high tax but it has um, very good social services um, it has uh, very good education very good health very good pension support high standard of living did you ask him why no it's just the email came through okay. but the email came through in response to one where i'd said previously i'm a fan of smaller government i yeah. believe smaller government with lower tax more productive society and he just wanted to counter that and said I believe in a higher tax because I believe in a safer and more uh, a better coordinated society. So I haven't gone into the debate with him. Yeah, and and really, what what his belief structure is based on is Nor Norway's rich in oil, and and because they're rich in oil and they're tied into the U.S. reserve system of of, of oil, then so then a, then oh, the, yeah. and and so his belief structure is on a, is based on a system. Half a story. Half a story. Yeah. And I understand why, because he grew up in that belief system and everything else, but he can't see that, that example. He can't see how that system has to steal money from other people, other countries, to keep him in his standard of living. Well, so that's the other, that's the added layer based on the discussion we've had with Alex Gladstein today, which was, you know, if, is this going to come up before Alex? Way before, yeah. Okay. So we did an interview today with Alex Gladstein. I'm just, Going to tell a small amount, but it's going to it's looking at how um, uh, imperialism has essentially been uh, has become kind of economic imperialism. You know, um, previously, political and territorial uh, imperialism has become economic imperialism. So, what you're really saying there is that some of the benefits that we've had have come from the fact we've extracted wealth and resources from poorer countries. Yeah, yeah. it has to. Yeah, and that, and that again, that's a new layer. I wouldn't have had until I had that conversation with Alex today and that you know, changes the picture again. Okay, so just thinking forward, you've obviously thought about this a lot. A lot. You know one thing I think about is what is the structure of society? How does society coordinate and operate in these new systems? And um, I am not somebody who votes democracy because I want to suck on the teat of the government. I believe the government is great. I just... When I've rationally gone through every form of governance, I've come to the conclusion that there will always be hierarchies. And we have a range of hierarchies now from full dictatorships to Western liberal democracies to halfway houses. You know, um, I would hate to burn down one system and to be replaced by something worse. I would hate to burn down a Western liberal democracy and it you know, evolves into a horrible dictatorship. I don't know what comes. Based on what you're imagining, um, how do you see governance and structure and society coordinate? Yeah, and what I would say is you step in landmines often because of that, 
and 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 so do many other actually Bitcoiners and other people in it because our frameworks for for what we call a democracy, what we call capitalism, what we call communism, what we call libertarianism, our frameworks, liberal, Western liberal democracy, are actually all wrong because we've never had a decentralized secure. Uh, That's fair. There's no. What do you mean by step on landmines? Do you mean make mistakes or? You know, when I when I when I say you, you you'll contribute to a conversation that will polarize a different group. Yes. Because they're look that group is looking at through their framework, and they believe their own framework because of something in the past is the right one, and this believes okay, this, yeah. and and so it just polarizes every. We don't actually have a word for what this will look like yet. By the way, I I believe like I have a responsibility to. St- to stand on landmines all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, for every person who says, oh, he's an idiot, he thinks, it's like there's a group of people who, who also say, oh, Mike, I agree with him, or I want to have that discussed. The role of this is that we step on landmines and have these so, conversations. So I love that. Yeah. But, so let's let's go through some of those. Let's say a Western liberal democracy. Yeah. You believe in that structure. In a Western, I believe it's the best we have. Okay, but in a Western uh, liberal democracy, that inflation is most of government's revenue, and you don't have a vote in inflation, do you have a vote that counts? Yes, I believe I do. How? But but now explain that. Uh, how? I believe I have a shitty vote whereby I cannot change that one thing that you said there, but I have a vote that does draw. Like, I, I believe I have a vote that maintains and keeps us away from uh, being a, a dictatorship. Okay, I disagree with you. Okay, and here's why I disagree with you. Um, and 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 because if that rate of theft has to increase, what ends up happening at the next stage of that is is what ends up happening is you turn into a dictatorship. You turn into a dictatorship because people are so hurting from that, they vote to remove their individual rights and freedoms. Yes. Um, Which we're with, seeing with the with with the dictator that tells him it's a different person's fault. But we do have the we do have. I can go down to London and I can protest open with openly and freely in front of Downing Street, in front of government, in front of Whitehall. You can do that in Germany too, pre pre the thirties. Of course, of course. But at the moment, I do have that ability. You, I don't have that ability in China at the moment. I'd be thrown in jail, and I do have that ability. And if it gets too bad, maybe you can stir up a revolution. Maybe you can fight back. I, 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 what I'm saying is I think our democracy is shit, but it's better than a lot of what people around the world have. So all that's happening, and I, I don't agree, I don't disagree with all around the world. Yeah. I totally, these authoritarian states that actually are empowered by the way that we do conduct business. Mm-hmm. They're empowered by that because you create this, and Alex would have talked about this, mm. by protecting the core and you drive destitution and you're you're robbing other societies then then you're actually funneling money into the dictator hmm. to be able to control their societies so when you look around the other parts of the world and you realize it's actually the opposing image of what you believe you have yeah and it's that's a, fair it, um, that's fair and then then because it's all based on a theft yeah no that's fair yeah, yeah. And and so so now keep going on that, and you keep so now keep going inside your country, and you realize that theft, that two percent theft isn't enough anymore. That 
and you and maybe people didn't notice two percent theft it's like somebody walking into your house and stealing two percent of your stuff you didn't really notice it was insidious yeah like, it, but it, it happened every year more and more more and more stuff and you could and, and maybe some of the people could escape and they could make more than the two percent well i think and, we were gaslighted into believing inflation was part of a growing economy yeah but but again it based on theft yeah and then and then it can't be two percent anymore it has to be three percent then it has to be four percent. Then it has to be ten percent. And then ten or fifteen percent, you start noticing, huh? A lot of my stuff and it is missing out of my house. Mm. What happened? And you vote for somebody who will. T- I'm going to fix the system. And what they do is typically they tell you they're going to fix the system from the same system, and they take more control. They take away your individual rights and freedoms, like you saw in Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. like you see in any any system that's based on theft. Yeah. It has to get worse and worse. So the mirage of the liberal democracy is something that, and I and I, I even hate saying this, but um, Say it. It, 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 it was based on a time window where it didn't look as bad as it looks, and that time window gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and so, so when you say, I believe in something that was based on a time window of less theft when we benefited from it, it still had massive repercussions for other nations in the world, um, but when we benefited from it, and now it has more and more theft. You, you, all you're doing is mistaking where it goes. You're not looking mm. at the time window of at, at the change in human nature, and how we all will vote away our individual rights and freedoms. Like if you, even if you look at Trump versus Biden, when when and the and the Capitol Hill, what happened on January six? If you look at if Trump stayed in, do you think laws would have changed to protect him? Of course. Of course. Would you think people would have voted to allow those laws to change? Of course. Of course. So we're susceptible. We're, we are susceptible in people telling us that they can fix it and removing our rights and freedoms as a result. And if you have a system based on that, then the money and the power of the system make us more susceptible. And many people will race to that system and see themselves as avenging the right path at the expense of all the other people that are, are they're bad. And, and that's where these things break down. So, so the words we have to describe what this will look like are based on structures that couldn't actually function properly, couldn't allow the abundance gained from technology to be able to flow to, to, to people all over the world. Jeff, this is Probably what, like the fourth time we've done this, fifth time? Yeah. Yeah. And previously, you and I have made shows. Of the first one, I think, was just based on your book on deflation yeah. and why deflation is bad, and gradually layered in more Bitcoin and more money. Um, I don't think we've ever covered the political layer to this extent. Is this something you've connected the dots with recently? No, always. It was always there. Yeah, it was always, always there. Yeah. yeah. Because I think, in some ways, like, yeah, you know, I fought the battles of trying to defend democracy or being a status cuck, all that stuff over and over again. But like, this is, I don't know about you, Danny, but this is like the best explanation I've had of. It's very good, yeah. Yeah, it's the most compelling argument I've had of why. Why your vote doesn't matter. Why your vote doesn't matter. And I kind of know it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, but ultimately it doesn't matter. Um, It's the best argument I've heard so far. Um. So, so what now? Is essentially, are we voting orange? So this new framework, we're making, so, so again, one, you have two systems. One is based 
on on a, a lie, uh-huh. and one is based on truth. We know yeah. that's true, yeah. right? Yeah, and and anybody could audit this system and see run their own node and see that this one's based on truth. Hmm. And anybody could. I do. You do, right? We the, running your own node is actually seeing that, and it's open source, and anybody could see it's based on truth, and everybody can see this one's based on a lie. What would the emergent society look like emergent, if you had something based on truth versus based on, on a lie? And what you'll see is this one, it's early. It's really early. But it, why it's so hopeful is because the people that are seeing that are building on top of it. And they're and building together collaboratively. They're building together. We're not enemies. And we're connected. Yeah. We're connected to people all over. The, all, every person in the world is connected. And they're connected through a base layer of truth. What would society look like? It's incredible. You know, and so, 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 and then that path produces constant falling prices. But it fall, government gets smaller as a result because the only government that actually succeeds tells you the truth instead of a lie. And also, if you or I travel to anywhere in the world, literally anywhere in the world, any major city, you put it on Twitter. I'm uh, in such and such a bar tonight. Any Bitcoiners want to hang out? And 10, 15 people come down. You know, even if they're like, even if outside of Bitcoin you have a completely different personality, you know you can sit there and talk all night and you'll be on the same page, on the, the same goal, on the same mission. I don't think shitcoiners really have that. I don't imagine ETH people say, any ethers here, and like, or Pulse Chain or Dentacoin people get together and they like, they're all on that same page. I think they just hang out. But like, there is that kind of like unifying mission where you know, even if you don't 100% agree on some certain Bitcoin issues, you you're kind of 85% there with each other. Uh, and, and when you're in that, again, when you have a frame of reference yeah. around a bunch of people that feel that feel like that and they're hopeful in building the future of the world, and then more and more people are... Because it's hard to understand at the base level. Remember, we, we experience the base level through abstraction levels of products designed on top. So our houses on top of the existing fiat system, we think they're going up in price and we want to buy more houses to protect ourselves from money when it's actually the currency going down. Yeah. Right. And so, but we experience the value on top of there and we don't, and, and, and it's so early in, in what's happening is products built on top of Bitcoin because mm. it had to harden first and this comes in layers. And so the value that's coming to society through the products and the type of technology that, and that is going to bring immense value to society and they won't think about Bitcoin at the core. They won't need to learn everything that we're talking about at the base layer. They'll be building, they'll just be experiencing value on things that give them tons of value on something based on truth. Hmm. And it'll seem like similar to what ended up at. If, if you thought through, if you were in, in 1985 and you looked at the technology today, you would actually consider the technology today magic. If you actually, you, there's no way you could comprehend mm. what we have today, what we take for granted today. You, in 1985, you would consider it, it that's mad. If somebody said what we just take for granted today, that we just, it's just natural. You'd, you'd think, they're, what are they on? Yeah. Right? Now play what's happening on Bitcoin. If people actually understood what's coming on, the, on this, it's going to be magic. Mm. Now that transition is going to be, because people are going to be in this system and they're going to have a frame of reference of this system and everything in this system 
then the longer they live in the system and spend all of their time in the system, they're going to be yelling at the clouds. They're going to be marching. They're going to be, there's going to be proxy wars. There's going to be, it's going to get really ugly out mm. of this system. But in it the new, is. Yeah, but it gets, it gets a lot worse. I wish it, I wish it didn't, but it gets a lot worse. Because, and, and in the, in the new system, it, it's based on truth. It, uh, it gets a lot better. It's really exciting. I think this is like, uh, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but one of the most important conversations I've had in a long time, because the frame of reference for this is just, you just put it in a way that nobody's ever done it, done for me in the past. I've, it's almost like uh, I've had all the different kind of clues and had different conversations, but to wrap this in, especially after doing the Alex Gladstone interview, you have to, there's a lot to think about with this. So um, it, it connects some of the things and I didn't know, I didn't listen to all of it. I know I talked to Alex lots yeah. on this. Um, but if you actually connect um, just what, what naturally happens, now you have decentralization, you have energy decentralization, satellite communication, where you could be anywhere in the world and you can plug into a global network of minds building, uh, building the future of the world and from anywhere. That could be an island nation, that could be El Salvador, that could be anywhere in the world and it's moving faster and faster. Um, what will happen with, with labor? Wouldn't, if I, uh, if I could hire somebody in Nigeria and I could pay them in Bitcoin mm -hmm. and I could pay them in Bitcoin for one-tenth of what I paid uh, paid here, and and they were better, wouldn't I do that? Of course. And and they're they're connected. And, and so what ends up happening is their labor rates go up because of the competition in, in for, forces. So it's going to be a leveler. It's going to be a leveler yeah. all over the world. And so it's just, an, it's just in that transition from one system to another, what I think where people get stuck on this is they want their thing to win right now. Hmm. Or their thing to win right now, and they think of it as a light switch, and it's a transition. It's a bridge to the other side. It's creating a bridge, and that. And yes, if you're early in it, you if you're early in Bitcoin, you'll create more of the wealth on Bitcoin. But it gives you no more power in the system. Hmm. And as you spend your Bitcoin, you'll distribute your Bitcoin. The um, here's one thing I I often hear um, is which is uh, which is interesting. So if if wages are sticky, um, then wages being sticky is the thing that allows inflation to work because people don't ask for wage increases as fast as inflation is going up and it means they're getting paid less in real, term, mm. in real terms. That's a well-known economic fact throughout time. So if wages are sticky and you had the exact inverse of the model you had today and prices declined, we know wages are sticky. That means the middle class and, and poor are getting wealthier because wages aren't going down as fast as, mm. as technology is creating that abundance. And so, so you have the exact inverse of what's happening today in the world, healing the world. And that transition from one system to another system is super powerful. Healing the world. <sighs> Need to go have a think about this one, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeff, uh, it's amazing. It always is when I talk to you. Um, that's two really important interviews in one day that on an important day where other weird stuff's been going on <laughs> to make me just go and ponder about a few things. Is there anything we've not covered? I don't think so. That's great. We can, if, yeah, if we, we, can, we, can, we can do it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're planning a Canada trip. We're planning our first 
Yep, next Canada year. Trip, oh, awesome. Yeah, so we will let you know about that. Have you ever been to Canada? Uh, not since I was a kid, so I don't really remember it. Oh, that's great. All right, uh, where, anywhere you want us to send people. Ego Death? Yeah. Ego Death is venture. If, if, you're, if you're a venture company or if you're a company building on top of Lightning or in the Bitcoin space, we want to hear from you. Right. Yeah. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes, Jeff. Oh, honestly, always a pleasure and what to think about with this. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, what do you make of that? Come on, I know. I know you love that. Everyone loves Jeff. Every show he does is amazing. Every perspective he has on anything is amazing. I do love talking to Jeff. I love having the little Jeff that sits on my shoulder when I'm making stupid decisions saying, Pete, what are you doing? Reconsider that. But yes, whenever I'm in a city and I know Jeff is going to be there, I'm always going to make an excuse to sit down with him and talk to him about Bitcoin. But, you know, also just catch up on other things. Jeff is such a well-reasoned thinker. When I've got any, like, personal things I'm trying to figure out, I always ask Jeff as well. He knows that. Even Danny says, come on, what would Jeff do? So anyway, listen, I hope you enjoyed that. We've got so many more banging shows coming out soon. I am back in Bedford. I'm glad to be back. I've missed my team, missed my family, missed my town. But I'm looking forward to the football on Saturday. My team have got a massive game against London Tigers, which I'm going to be heading out towards and going to see. And go catch up with my boys. Congratulate them on their wins while I've been away. Anyway, if you've got any questions about this, what Jeff spoke about or anything else, please feel free to get in touch. My email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com and I will get back to you eventually. Sometimes it takes a bit of time. Like when I'm away, I miss a few, but I will get back to you eventually. All right, have a great rest of your week and I will see you all on Friday. 